What is going on, everybody? My name is Dugas. You are now listening to the very first podcast of Life with Dugas, episode one. Man, I am so happy that I can finally be doing a podcast. I know I've been saying I'm going to do this forever. I am completely new to this. Uh, I did some research on it. You know, I'm just sitting here with GarageBand. I'm sure that's how a lot of people do it, but I'm glad I can be here and, and talk about the very first topic that I want to get into. Um, we're going to talk about touring. Uh, that was that was a big part of my life, you know, ever since I was younger. Um, it's something I always wanted to do. You know, I always told my friends, I dropped out at 16, that I want to be a musician or I want to work in music. And I feel like finishing four years of high school isn't going to help me. Maybe college, but I couldn't get into a trade school, so I couldn't really learn too much about music. Um, so like I said, I'm kind of new with this. I'm really good with talking. I'm really good with people. So I figured, hey, let's take my microphone that I record with. Let's make a podcast and let's have some fans, viewers, friends, family, whoever's listening, enjoy and learn more about my life. So I wrote stuff down on my phone just so I didn't lose track of what I was talking about. So we're going to talk about the very first tour. All right. So the very first tour, I have a manager and best friend, Richard Collier. Um, he runs Keynote Company around here. That's a huge company for booking shows. He books hip hop, rock, bar mitzvahs, your grandmother's wedding. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, he booked my first tour. He knew, um, I'm not going to really mention his name because we do, we kind of ended on bad terms, but I'm just going to say the company, the showcase tour. Um, he talked to the owner of that company and I ended up getting on the tour. Um, he had like over 300 people ask for a DJ and, uh, I ended up getting on there. So what happened was, is we met up, um, the owner of the company and his like right hand man, uh, Dan, but, uh, Dan, the man, the right hand man, <laughs> But yeah, so we met up at uh, a college in Waltham, and all three of us played basketball, kind of talked about life, and I told him what I can bring to the table, and he told me, you know, what Dan brings to the table and what the company brings to the table. So eventually we all clicked, and the whole plan was the owner of the company um, was moving to Los Angeles. So we had, I believe it was, I want to say seven to ten shows between Massachusetts and Los Angeles so you know that's quite some distance for not so many shows now the pay was good um everything was paid for except for my own food I had to pay for that myself um but yeah so after you know everything was signed and good to go we started the tour um I want to say the first two shows were Washington and New Jersey and it was a whole new experience for me because I've never really been out of Massachusetts DJing um my dad always told me, you know, when you have a show, be as professional as possible. So I took those two shows and I learned a lot. You know, you get two different sides of the music industry. Um, you get the side that wants to party and live it up to the fullest. And you got the other ones that really pay attention to what you're doing. And I kind of learned that in my first two shows because you could tell I was kind of hesitant about, you know, playing certain things and Eventually, I warmed up, and I, I, I loved it. You know, New Jersey and Washington were amazing. I also got to see the White House for the first time. Um, I got to see some friends that I always wanted to see, and they came out to the show. Um, 
fast forward a little bit. Now, the third show we had was part of the Canadian section of it. Um, we had a few shows in Canada. So, our my first show ever in Canada was in Toronto. And it's a show that I'll never forget. So, the venue was sponsored by Monster Energy Drink. Can't even talk right now. It's 8.15 in the morning. Um, but yeah, it was sponsored by Monster. And I brought a Red Bull in there because that's what I brought before every show. And they looked at me like I had 15 heads. Mind you, we're in a different country, so I really don't want to mess with people. Now they start yelling at me in French. I didn't know people in Toronto speak French. I guess it's like a half and half city. Um, but they started yelling at me in French, and I was like, English, English, man, I speak English. We. Oui. <laughs> Um, so eventually they told me, you know, this is a monster venue, which I've never heard of. I didn't know monster can specifically rent out a venue to the point where you can't even have a different energy drink. Um, so they started hooking me up with monsters left and right after that. Like they were really cool. I was super humble about it. Like I said, I was in a different country. I didn't want to get on anybody's nerves. Um, and that was the biggest show we had so far in the tour. We had over 300 people. The fans were insane. I had people jumping up and down left and right. People were drunk, people were buying shots everywhere, and it, it was just a show that I'll never forget because it was my first my first show in a different country, and also it was a, a really big learning experience for me. Um, yeah, so that was Toronto. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody that stuck out to me as artists in those three locations. I believe Toronto, there was one guy, he was kind of Jamaican. Um, but he brought in like a hundred people to that show and it was just, it was unreal how like he turned that crowd at that point. Cause it was really late when he went on stage. I think it was about 12 o'clock and there was really nobody that was vibing out at that point. Cause it kind of dies down towards the end, but he brought all these people out of nowhere and just blew my mind. And I'm pretty sure he won the competition that night as well, but yeah, so let me pull out my phone and see what the next topic is. All right, driving across the country. Now, a lot of people say to me, how can you drive around the country, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles and not lose your mind? Well, let me tell you, I lost my mind. <laughs> it's really hard to do all that when you have two kids at home and a really hardworking mother that is supporting them while you fulfill your dreams because she has dreams as well i'm sure you all know rebecca Morata. that's my children's mother um which i'll get onto a different topic in a different podcast um but she's a really hard-working mother and it's really hard to be on the road and only see your kids through facetime for a couple months because driving across the country isn't a few days especially when you're doing shows and you know you're focused and you're working and it's not just partying, you know, that's what everyone thinks touring is, it's just partying, but, you know, it's it has its ups and downs, you know, you have to make sure that you're on point and you're professional, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you're giving the fans what they pay for, you know, they didn't come there for you to play a couple songs and just be really tired and mellow and not do anything, I mean, me personally, I was under the influence every single night, and it was 100% worth it, don't care what anybody says, that's just who I am. Um, sorry, I'm just seeing if I can modify this real quick on my laptop. Just to see how long it is. <clears throat> Alright, cool. But yeah, touring across the country was 
a huge thing for me. I got to see so many cool things around the country that I've wanted to see. I actually picked up a new iPhone when I was in Indiana. Indiana. So that was around fifth or sixth show. That was easily one of my favorites until we got later on, which I'll talk about in a second. But Indiana was unreal. It's called Emerson Theater in Indianapolis. And when I got there, it kind of reminded me of the House of Blues in Boston. Um, if you've been there before, it's it's a really big venue. It fits a lot of people. But the stage was so high that if you jumped off, you might hurt yourself. That's like the kind of stages I like where you go right up to the edge and you're over people's heads. You know, that's as a DJ, that's a really dope feeling. Um, so in Indiana, I met a lot of cool people as well. Um, Pap Daddy, he actually won that night. Um, God, who else is out there? I know my boy has a group out there that we chill with all the time. I'm trying to remember the name of the group. I believe he goes by Casper, but I just want to I want to clarify because I want to give him a shout out as well. I'm pulling out my phone right now to get on Instagram and uh, and find his full group name. Um, uh, he goes by Casper, the dopest ghost on Instagram. So I'll give him that shout out. If you want to look him up, it's Casper with a three instead of an E underscore the underscore dopest underscore ghost. Casper, the dopest ghost. Um, he's a really good dude. Um, I met a lot of dope people out there, like I said. But Indiana, the sound there was amazing. The lighting there was amazing. They had somebody doing each section, which you don't see a lot. Usually, you just got a sound guy or engineer, as I call him, because a lot of people hate being called sound guy. Um, they had a coordinator for the lights. Um, they had top-class security, um, which a lot of venues don't have. Uh, they had all right food. They had really good beer prices, really humble management. I just overall Emerson Theater was one of my favorite places. Um, and the green green room, the green room, <laughs> the green room was awesome. Like it was on pretty much on the roof above everyone else. And to me, it was just super dope. That whole place. Um, let's see. So, yeah, Indiana, one of my favorites. Uh, then we. We start making our way. Not much happened on that tour in the in the very first tour because, like I said, it was moving from Massachusetts to L.A. for him, and we were cooped up in a small, like, RAV4 or something like that. Um, we hit Washington State. That was the next spot that really caught out to me. I've never been in the Rocky Mountains. I've never really left the East Coast too much, you know, from my own viewing. Um, but we hit Washington State, and it was June, and there was snow everywhere in the mountains, which I found super dope. Um, Dan and I and the owner of the company, we took pictures like crazy up there, which you can still see some of them on my Facebook and Instagram. Um, actually, I deleted them from my Instagram. I cleared all my Instagram. But we get to this small little town with maybe like 300 people, and that's where we were staying that night. And it was right before we hit the National Forest. So after that, there's like no gas, no nothing for miles and miles. So we stay in this little motel area. And Dan and I go out that night and we go to a local saloon. <laughs> now, I'm from Massachusetts. You are not finding a saloon anywhere. You'd be lucky if you find a horse anywhere. But out there, it's like a little wild, wild west looking area. 
everybody knows everybody. Like we walked in and they looked at us like we had 15 heads, 14 toes and 14 nephews, sons and niece daughters. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall we got to we got to meet a few people in that town. They showed us a little bit. Um we drank, we had a good night and uh yeah. We ended up hitting the National Forest after that and got to check out a lot of cool scenery in Washington State. Uh, we didn't have a show in Wash. Yes, we did. We did. We had a show in Seattle, and then we had Vancouver. Um, Vancouver was insane. So this dude comes up to me in Vancouver and was like, yo, you smoke, bro? And I'm like, yeah, my dude. I was like, of course. He's like, give me $20. And I'm thinking in my head, all right, this dude's about to just give me like ten dollars worth or something like that he comes back with eight pre-rolled joints and i'm like what that's how they do it in vancouver so vancouver was super dope (laughs) um the show there was all right i mean it was it was a bad setup in my my opinion um the engineer was really good but i just feel like the equipment could have been a little bit better um, then we started to make our way down south. Um, we hit Weed, California is what I want to touch on next. Weed, California was so cool. So in California, I imagine busy, um, really hot, et cetera, et cetera, because it's June. Um, and it was about 11 p.m. We got to Weed, California. We stayed about an hour south of that. But we hit a Taco Bell. And we're sitting in the parking lot of Taco Bell of Weed, California. And... These people start beeping at us. Mind you, we're in a tour van that says the showcase tour across it. Um, and the these two girls start beeping at us in the car. And we're, like, confused on who these people are, how they know us, if they know us. And eventually, uh, the owner of the company was like, yo, go pull up next to them. Let's go Let's go see what they want. So we pulled up, and he's like, hey, ladies, what y'all doing? <laughs> and they were, like, so for it. We ended up just chilling with them. It was us three and them two, and we were just... We were chilling in a parking lot for like hours and talking about music and just the little things like this that I can I can reminisce on, you know, when I'm doing a podcast and I can remember all those cool things that I did on tour. And, you know, it might not sound like a lot to you guys, but, you know, it's two more lives that I learned about that I never thought I would meet. And in my opinion, that's a really cool experience. Um, You know, we all still talk. Um, Those two girls randomly hit me up on, you know, Twitter. Hey, how you been? You know, they didn't come to any shows because we were like four hours, five hours north of California where we had to be or whatever it was. But, you know, we got to hang out with them and drink. And this was all in a Taco Bell parking lot in Weed, California. Like, I never thought I would even be out in California. Never mind getting paid to be out in California. Um, so, yeah, now we're on our way to Los Angeles. Um, we wake up the next morning. We head to Los Angeles. Um, we have a show there, but we don't have a show for a couple days. So we, I got to spend some time on Venice Beach, uh, Malibu. I took, is it Malibu? No, no. Maybe it is. I don't know. But Dan and I took a pedal bike from Venice Beach all the way to Hollywood. And I, I think that's 10 to 15 miles, somewhere around that. Um, it took us a couple hours to do it. But I wanted to be able to experience everything without driving. I wanted to take some time if I saw something. We saw a bunch of famous houses and wealthy areas, obviously, when you're in Beverly Hills. And it was just really cool to experience all that. Um, Dan and I were... Oh, I'm getting a FaceTime call right now. 
hold on one second. But yeah, um, we're in Venice Beach, and I've never been there. Uh, you know, I've experienced Florida. Um, I've experienced the coast, like North Carolina, South Carolina. But I have never experienced, you know, a western beach until I hit Venice Beach. And let me tell you, if you haven't been to California, be prepared for so many goddamn people. <laughs> for people who live out there, I got to give it to you guys. You have my respect because I have no idea how you can live out there. I mean, I don't even like really living in Massachusetts. Nothing against Massachusetts, but I'd rather live in like Tennessee or Alabama. But people who can survive the traffic and the heat, and the people, and everything in LA, man, more power to you, you know, if you're an actor or an actress, I understand, um, that's what I'm about to touch on next with somebody that I met, but if you live out there, God bless your soul, <laughs> so we go out to a club, um, the owner of the company has a roommate, John, he came with us, now we're in an Uber, and there's four of us, it's about 9 30, 10 o'clock, we're heading to a club in Los Angeles, and the Uber driver was a, a woman in her probably mid-40s, really cool. She seemed like she loved younger guys. So I was in the front seat and the three were in the back. John was kind of like tipsy. We were all pre-gaming a little bit. And I look at the lady and I'm like, I'm like, you should come clubbing with us and have a good time. Like joking around. And she was like, maybe I should. And I was like, oh, it's like that. So I look back and I was like, my buddy John here, he's been in a few TV shows. You ever see Law and Order? She was like, yeah, I love Law & Order. I was like, he was in that TV show. <laughs> and she's believing it. And John's like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. And finally, he's like, all right, I have. I just don't like telling people. <laughs> so we're making this lady believe that he was on famous shows. And, you know, Dan's going with it. The owner of the company's going with it. It was just, it was such a good time. And then we finally get to the club. And I'm having Red Bull and vodka. I'm having some beer, some Twisted Teas. Like... I was just drinking all random types of things, and I was living up my first tour. So, we're in the dance floor, and there's people everywhere, obviously. It's a weekend in LA, um, and I look over, and John is going absolutely bananas. Arms in the air. I'm, I'm surprised his shirt didn't come off, and he's swinging it, but like the way he acted, like it made me want to start DJing. So, like instead of DJing, I just went ham with him. I'm jumping up and down, going wild on the dance floor. And, like, it was just us dudes having a good time. Like, we didn't, we weren't trying to pull no women in or anything like that. We were just having a blast as guys after a tour celebrating. Um, yeah. So, that was pretty much the end of the first tour. Um, I say and a lot and I say but a lot. And like I said, this is my very first podcast, so I'm I'm learning. You know, I'm almost 20 minutes in. I'm, I'm going to try to keep it between 30 and 45 minutes. Um, but I'm really excited to be able to share this experience. So now I'm going to I'm going to touch base on my last tour as a touring manager. So I get a phone call from the owner after I sold my laptop and I was done DJing. And he goes, my tour manager just quit in North Carolina. Can you come out here overnight and do this? And I was like, dude, this is last minute, but like, yeah, I didn't have a job. Um, so I did like four or five shows. Dan and I flew out there and we did those shows, but this wasn't the tour. This was me just training. 
So a few weeks later, we uh, we had a tour plan. I would fly to Los Angeles, um, and I believe it was, I want to say 28 to like 30. It was a full countrywide tour, um, including Canada, and I was just, I was nervous, but I was also very anxious because I needed money. I was hurting. I was able to support my family now. Um, so I flew to LA and it was just the owner of the company and I, because we had a new, um, cameraman and a new DJ and that we were meeting in Arizona. So we go to Arizona and we're in this really nice hotel, really nice pool. Mind you, I just left the really bad snowy weather to be in like tropical feeling weather, palm trees in this place. It was really cool. Um, but anyways, I met one of the most dope photographers I've ever met in my life. One of the most humble. I can't wait to shout this dude out. His name is Andrew Tatzel. I believe I'm saying his last name right. I've never actually said his last name to him, but he's super young. Um, he's under 21 and he's just so professional with his job and such a humble kid that like, I'm really glad I was able to tour with him for the time I did. Um, so shout out to Andrew. Um, I'll, I'm gonna, if you have me on Instagram, I'm going to shout him out so you guys can, uh, see, I'm also going to shout out the the other people I'm going to be talking about, but, um, yeah, Andrew's a really good dude. So I met him and then, uh, this other DJ, DJ Kwan. Now DJ Kwan did one show with us in Arizona. Then we head to Colorado. So we have a few days off in Colorado and then we have another show. It's St. Patty's day in Colorado. So there's so many specials going on. You best believe my ass was at the store. But the first night after Colorado, I mean, after Arizona, we're sleeping in Colorado and I wake up the next morning and our DJ's gone. No equipment in the van. Um, nothing's stolen. It's just all of his stuff is gone and he disappeared. So I call the owner of the company and I'm like, dude, we have a show in two days and our DJ just dipped. No explanation. No nothing. Um, I guess he just wasn't liking it. Um, we had to share a hotel room you know, three people. So, you know, after a certain amount of shows that can get pretty tiring and obnoxious, but he only spent one or two nights with us. And the first night he had his own hotel room. So I I don't know what caused him to leave, but he was so full of himself too. Like he's my dad's security for Eminem. I ain't got to be dealing with that bullshit. So I was like, all right, whatever, bro. You don't want it. You know, it's not you. Um, so this brings in one of my close friends it's jam (laughs) so dj jam marks comes back he was on um the last tour i met him on the last tour super cool dude really good music hyped energy you're gonna hear more about his energy as i get through this podcast but yeah so now it's me andrew and jam and i couldn't ask for a better team unless dan was right next to me the whole time because dan's my boy you know we were there since day one on the whole tour um so jam came back and now we're doing a bunch of shows along the South, like Texas, Arizona, Colorado. Um, just before I get into more of Texas, I want to touch base on Colorado. Colorado is beautiful, man. I absolutely love it out there. And let me tell you, they got some fire, bud. <laughs> like, if you're a weed smoker, you have to hit Colorado at some point in your life. But yeah, so Texas. I'm going to skip to Houston. Um, Houston was the BFE Rock Club, I believe it is. Why does that stand out to me? And that is because it was our show before Louisiana and the owner of the the, uh, venue 
was really humble, hanging out with me the whole night, giving me drinks, you know, taking pictures. We were just shooting the shit the whole time and having a good time. Um, so he had Paul Wall booked there the, the following night. So we had an option. Go to Louisiana and party out there on a weekend or stay and hang out with Paul Wall and be able to kick it at his show. Unfortunately, we didn't choose Paul Wall, which a lot of people are probably saying. We went to Louisiana and we partied. <laughs> we had a show there, but I think we had a couple nights off in Louisiana. Um, I'm just, I'm honestly, it was such a blur that night because that's the first night where I got absolutely annihilated that I'm trying to remember. Um, <sighs> Bourbon Street. I think it's called Bourbon Street. I could be so wrong. Um, but yeah, we, we went to a bunch of nightclubs on Bourbon Street. God, is it Bourbon Street? I hope I'm like not sounding like an idiot right now. Uh, da, 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 da. I just don't want Bourbon Street. Yeah, okay. So yeah, Bourbon Street, New Orleans. I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Um, so mind you, Andrew's underage. And we're in Louisiana. And these people... We're in front of a bar, these two like half naked girls trying to offer people shots. And I look at Andrew and I'm like, don't take these shots. They will make you pay an arm and a leg. I've heard stories. Andrew's already kind of tipsy. He's like, I don't care. He's like 19 years old, living it up, right? He goes up to these girls and they pour these shots down his throat and go, that'll be 50 something dollars, please. And I'm- <laughs> I look at Andrew, I was like, I told you, right? So they're bugging him for money and Andrew doesn't have it. I look at these people and I was like, just so you know, he's underage. You going to make him pay now? <laughs> so we got out of there. I did pay. Um, I didn't want it to be a big scene. So I paid for Andrew. Um, Andrew's a good kid. He was living it up. He's never got to really do stuff like this. So I wanted to make sure that he had a good time. He didn't have to deal with drama. You know, we were all making good money. So I paid for Andrew. Uh, me, Jam, and Andrew went to this club that was like a little bit across the way, and I have videos on my phone of us just all partying out, going wild. Um, I'm probably going to put that on my Instagram story as well. But yeah, um, I do want to bring it back a little bit to the first tour that I did miss something that was one of my favorite things ever as a DJ, was when I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. Not a lot of people think Lincoln, Nebraska is a dope area, but Lincoln, Nebraska had 500 people, and at the end of the night, I looked at the crowd, and I was like, you know what? There is hundreds of people out here, and I always said, if I DJ for a lot of people, you best believe I'm jumping in the crowd, and I am crowd surfing. So I grabbed the mic, and I was like, if I jump in this crowd, who the fuck is going to catch me? And everybody started going nuts, so on the drop of Mad City Remix... I leaped backwards into that crowd, and I was carried all the way around it. It was so dope, man. I got to experience my first crowd surfing in Nebraska. I will never forget that. Lincoln, Nebraska, I love you guys. Thank you for being so dope. Now, let's go back to Louisiana. Um, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll carry on. Uh, we had a really good night in Louisiana, but now we're in Florida. Uh, Florida is my future home. You know, I absolutely love Florida. Um, also for all the artists that are listening from around the country that do listen to my podcast, I want to, I want to give some shout outs at the end. Um, but yeah, Orlando, we did city walk, um, at universal. 
Uh, we got really, really high on a boat that brings you around Universal. It was super late, and the guy that was working there was humble about it, so he kind of kept it low-key with us. Um, we were checking out a couple of the clubs. Nothing big because it was a weekday. What else did we do? Dan and I went to... This was on the first tour, I believe. No, the second one. Dan and I went to Volcano Bay. I think it's called Volcano Bay. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me wherever. Um, went to Miami. Miami was really, really dope. Um, unfortunately, it was right after that hurricane they got. So it was it was a really messy scene. Um, they didn't get impacted as much as I thought, but there were just you know palm trees everywhere. Um, not many houses got damaged, thank God. Um, this was around the same time as the one in Houston. Um, now we're going to make our way back up north. Um, this is where things started to go south with me and the company. A lot of people were um, asking, you know, what happened? Because I never talked about it. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I kept this story for the right time. And this is it. Um, so we're in Virginia Beach. And this is one of my other favorite venues. I know I've said this a bunch of times, but Virginia Beach is a really nice area um, if if you don't live there. So we had a, I don't remember the name of the venue, but we're in Virginia Beach and I'm backstage as the uh, tour manager and I leave my backpack there with my passport, my glasses, my contacts, my computer, everything um, in my backpack behind a couch. And Nobody saw me put it there. There's only a camera in there, so I don't want to say the venue took it because I'm not that type of person to just start pointing fingers, but I don't know who else would have taken it because there was nobody else in that backstage room. Like, I had a, I had a password to that room. But someone took my backpack, um, and I didn't notice it till the end of the show, unfortunately. Um, and I told the owner of the company that, you know, I don't have a laptop to work with. I don't have my passport, I don't have my glasses, and my glasses are a big thing, I'm actually wearing them right now, I only wear them when I'm inside, because I'm like blind as hell, um, but I told him I lost all that, and he kind of didn't show like any sympathy for me, like, I wasn't expecting sympathy, but I was expecting him to just be like, oh, it's cool, man, you know, I make thousands and thousands a night, I'll, I'll help you out, I'll fly you back real quick so you can get your glasses, or, I mean, I'm only in Virginia Beach, so a flight can't be too much, um, so he kind of gave me an attitude and it pissed me off. Um, I was also getting bed bugs because we were getting really bad hotels. So I had bed bugs a few times. I lost my luggage. Um, I had to get rid of a lot of clothes and he didn't really offer to pay for anything. He was just like, oh, you got paid. You could pay for it. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're booking these rooms that are half ass and you expect me to live in these conditions. So after a while I was getting sick of it. Um, now we're on our way to Baltimore for a show, and I told him, this is how it's going to be, or I'm done. And he didn't really show sympathy, and he didn't respond to me. So I told him, I was like, that's it. It's over. Um, after this show, I'm out of here. I want this certain paycheck. And he wasn't offering me, or he wasn't giving me what he was supposed to give me. He told me I had to wait. And I know with the last DJ, he didn't pay him when he was supposed to after he quit. So I wasn't taking that risk. I had a lot of money in my pocket from Virginia Beach. They made about five grand from that show, and I had it all in my pocket. And I told him that I'm going to take what I'm owed in cash, 
you're going to book my flight and I'm going to be out of here first thing in the morning. And if you don't, then I'm just going to take all of it and it's going to be mine. So I don't like to sit here and say that I'm going to steal, but if I'm not given what I'm supposed to be given, I'm going to take it into my own hands. You know, like it was to me, there was a big asshole move. I took a big hit. You know, he's sitting at home in a nice couch in LA enjoying his time where I'm on the road getting bed bugs, losing my luggage, losing my laptop, glasses, backpack, everything. Um, sorry, I just got a text message. Shit was loud. Um, so yeah, I told him that's how it's going to be. Um, he got kind of nervous. He flew Dan from Massachusetts to Baltimore in a matter of a couple hours. Um, and me and Dan did the show there. He finally agreed to the terms. He gave me the money that I wanted, um, plus some. He booked my flight, and I went home the next day, and that was the end of the tour. That was the end of the showcase tour. Um, I was really happy that I was able to tour. Um, unfortunate how it ended, but I made a lot of good friends. Uh, I consider, you know, to be part of my family now. Um, somebody who came into the mid tour that I kind of left out there, I forgot to punch in was Andrew left. Um, I want to say in Georgia cause he only did half the tour and then Rick flew out. Rick is another really good photographer, man. I'm going to, um, put him in my Instagram story so you guys can find him. He's from Connecticut. Really, really cool. Local guy smokes, enjoys photography, super professional about it. Um, so if you're ever looking for a really good shoot, you can go through him um, on the East Coast. If you're looking for a West Coast shoot, you can always go through Andrew. Um, I also know somebody out in Georgia. Same shot by Dre. Dre from the Woo. <laughs> He's a good dude. Um, there's just so many people, man, that I met on tour. And I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, like I said, damn, I'm hungry. My stomach's growling. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. But I met some really cool people. I met Andrew. I met Dan. I met Dre. I met Rick. I don't know if I said Jam, but I met Jam, and I met Jam, and I met Jam. <laughs> um, yeah, what else can I touch base on um, before I call this a time to end it? Um, at the end of every podcast, I wanna I wanna plug in my social media. All my social media is at I'm Dugas. I am. D-U-G-A-S. The letter I, the letter M, D-U-G-A-S. A lot of people, oh, what's up, Douglas? What up, Douglas? Bro, there is no L in my name, and I sure as hell don't look like a Doug. But, um, yeah, we're about 35 minutes in now. This is my first podcast. You guys learned about my tour. Um, I'm going to touch base more on touring and, you know, artists and what stuck out to me in certain locations and different times. Um in a different podcast, probably episode two, because I want to make this more of a, a two-part thing. I want to um, give a shout-out to certain artists. Um, I'm trying to think who really stuck out to me while I was touring. Um, there was an artist in New Jersey that had, like, the Illuminati symbol on his hat, and his music was phenomenal. Um, God damn, I can't even think of his name. But like I said, on part two, I'm going to touch base. I'm going to I'm going to do some research and look at the music files, give some shout outs. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy my podcast because I'm excited to do this like once or twice a week. And 
I hope you guys stick around. Um, this is this is a new door for me. I'm a DJ. I'm a producer. I'm an artist, all around, and I'm really good with talking. So I figured, why not grab the microphone and have a good time with it? So this is coming up to about 37 minutes. Um, I'm gonna end it right around here. But like I said, follow me up on all social media at I'm Dugas. The letter I, the letter M, D U G A S. I want to thank you all for listening, and I hope that you guys come back on the next podcast. Y'all have a great day.